Fuelful Warriors, episode 38. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. We think of 300, we think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. From Veteran on the Move, let's welcome Joe Crane. It's not really so much about what you can put out, it's about what you can take. Hello again there, Warriors. I am Timothy Lawson, your host for Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lawson Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. This week's episode brings us Marine veteran Joe Crane, who is the host of Veteran on the Move. Uh, now you may be wondering, man, there's been this is the second uh, interview with another podcaster already this year. I like bringing other podcasters onto my show because if you're listening to this podcast, it means you're in the podcast and you might be into their podcast. It's a great way to mingle audiences. I definitely appreciate my listeners taking the time to listen to our show. I like introducing them to other content that they may value. Uh, just as much. And so Joe's going to talk to us about Veteran on the Move, sort of the concept behind it, why he thinks it stands out in the military space, interviews and why they're so important, and so much more. If you or someone you know deserves to be on Fuel for Warriors, if you think you meet the criteria of being a veteran, of being an athlete, or meeting the very vague criteria of embracing the warrior ethos or resonating with the idea of being a warrior, Email me, Lawson at LawsonEntertainment.com. Just sort of tell me a little bit about yourself or about whoever you think should be on the podcast. And I'll put some consideration into it. And hopefully we can get you or that person on the show. If you're listening to this on our website and would like to subscribe on iTunes, you can just search Fuel for Warriors in iTunes and you'll find the official feed there. If you're listening in iTunes and want an alternative way of listening, of course, you can find us at Lost Entertainment. Dot com. The co-founder of Lock and Load Java, Carl Churchill, has a few things to say, and then we'll get on to the interview with Marine veteran Joe Crane. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk-takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. Hi, Warriors. Welcome to another episode of Fuel for Warriors. We are plugging right along here in 2015 with some really valuable interviews. We've had some... Uh, some athletes, we've had some veterans, we've already had, uh, we're, now we're on to our second podcaster even, Mr. Joe Crane. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. Hey Tim, it's great to be here and uh, I th it's great to hear your voice again. And I think it's been like almost two years since we've uh, talked, uh, you were on my podcast quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, and it was an honor being on uh, on that show. I don't want to, well, never mind, I, don't, I say I don't want to, I will brag a little bit, Um when I first started podcasting a little over three years ago, veteran podcasts weren't a thing. 
the military, I think military.com had an attempt at a podcast. It really went nowhere. Uh, but really, iTunes really didn't show anything on the military side. Um, and then veteran stuff, like post-military stuff, was definitely void. And we started the, the Veteran Empire podcast, and it was really cool um, sort of in the wake of its success and the success of podcasting in general, watching your show, Ron Fugel's show, Scott Fussell's show, sort of come out and become successful and really make an impact in the veteran space. And it's been really cool to watch uh, the evolution of podcasting inside the veteran space. Absolutely. And, and not just in the veteran space, but, you know, the podcasting has uh, come a long ways. But the, the best part is it's got a long ways to go. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. And, you know, I felt like, oh, man, po- podcasting's hitting its peak pretty soon. It's get, like it's going to be the it's going to be the, the media of yesteryear, sort of like blogging is. And then I realized, no, blogging's still a thing. It's just have taken on it's taken on a different role. And I mentioned it to see how podcasting now that I think it's really hit probably the strongest momentum it's going to see in its in its lifetime, how it's then going to start complementing the other mediums, especially video with the rise of video. How's podcasting going to be able to complement that while still remaining a strong medium by itself? Yeah, you know, I heard an interesting, uh, I forget where it was, it was either an article or somebody talking on the radio that radio stations you know, are dying left and right. And there's also like, you know, three or four big conglomerates that pretty much own all the radio stations in the U S they're, they're going, they're reaching out to podcasters for content. You know, hey, we'll put your podcast on our radio show. So it's actually kind of going back the other direction because you get all these podcasters that are putting out all this great content almost for free on their own dime, looking for ways to monetize it. And you get these radio stations that are looking for content, but can't really afford to produce people to produce content for them. So it's kind of an interesting match. I don't know how far it'll go, but uh, I was kind of curious. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's another I think that's the next step in podcasting though is getting it on nationally syndicated uh, shows or even locally syndicated shows um, in, pro, in in broadcast stations because you're right there's I mean that's what people are doing already anyway you know news companies take the uh, take the news packages that their employees have created and just air them you know why not go one step further and find other local content creators and offer them an opportunity to have uh, some of their content aired. I actually looked into, uh, I did a little bit of research probably about two years ago to see if there was any opportunity for that with the Veteran Empire podcast, but uh, there, there just wasn't, um, uh, that wasn't a demand yet because radio stations were still succeeding in creating their content and then um, and then putting it out as their own podcast. But you're right, the, the tables have sort of turned and podcasting is the preferred medium and now radio is looking to them for content. Yeah, interesting times ahead for sure. Definitely. Joe, we start every episode with what it means to be a warrior, and everybody has a different perspective, whether it's the military, athletics, or any other culture that they've been involved in. I think that even American culture by itself uh, has uh, a a certain perspective on the warrior ethos. So I want to hear from you, uh, what does it mean to be a warrior, and then where do you think that that... Uh, perspective is informed. Well, you know, Tim, for me, uh, when I think a warrior, I think it's somebody that's really tough. And having the pleasure and honor to be a Marine for 24 years and, and serve among some of the, the greatest leaders and some of the, the toughest men I've ever come in contact with, I kind of came to this 
realization one day, probably about midpoint of my Marine Corps career. It, it was kind of like the light bulb, the proverbial light bulb moment. I was like, you know, this whole being tough thing, it's not really so much about what you can put out. It's about what you can take. And, one, and I realized that because all the training we go through as Marines, and I was a pilot. I don't, I don't claim to be some you know, super high-speed uh, uh, snake eater, uh, throat-slitting kind of guy. But as Marines, we're all Marines first. Every, every Marine's a rifleman, and the Marine Corps does a really good job of that. And so you know, I have been through quite a bit of training uh, on the ground side and, and dug foxholes and you know, frozen my uh, you-know-what's-off in the middle of the night in the uh, in the wintertime and slept on the ground and you know, 125 degree heat in Iraq and everything else. So I've put up with a lot and I've dealt with a lot over those, over that Marine Corps career. Granted, my main job was being a Cobra pilot, but being around a lot of these guys day in and day out. And, and some of the, some of the toughest women I've ever known were Marines also. And it just, it really is a matter of, it's not what you put out. It's what you can take because however much you can take and still be there to fight, is what it's all about. Yeah, and that makes me actually think of a uh, a lyric from one of my favorite artists, Joe Budden, where he says, "I'm not here because I fell down. I'm here because I got up." Um, and I think that um, you know, I think a warrior can definitely look back at his or her ability to overcome adversity by seeing where they are in relation to where they could be hadn't they just absorbed. Uh, absorb the pain and move forward. Absolutely. And uh, you know, my, my podcast, Veteran on the Move, is all about veterans becoming entrepreneurs. And veterans make great entrepreneurs because they have that stick that concept of I'm not going to quit, and that idea of no matter what happens, I'm going to keep going until this actually comes through. There is there are a lot of um, you know veteran focused podcasts, veteran hosted podcasts out now. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we had Dan Evans on the show, who hosts the Military Entrepreneur Podcast. And something that I like to give uh, every when I talk to other podcasters and I have them on my show, I like to give them an opportunity uh, to really separate themselves from the other shows that other people may have heard of. So, Joe, if someone is new to Veteran on the Move, new to Joe Crane, but maybe they've heard of Fire and Adjust, Command Your Business, whatever it may be, how does how does Veteran on the Move separate itself from those other shows? Veteran on the Move specifically features all the people, programs, and resources to help a veteran or soon-to-be veteran go into the successful world of entrepreneurship. In other words, if you if you, if you want to get out of the military but you don't want to go get the job sitting in the cube farm, you'd rather run your own show, start your own business, i.e., become an entrepreneur. Then listen to my podcast. You'll listen to a lot of veterans that have gone before you and become successful. And I also feature a lot of programs and resources. Uh, there's a lot of great entrepreneurship programs out there. And sometimes there's so many of them, you need help navigating which ones are best for you. And a lot of these programs are great to help you get 
your business started as a veteran-owned business, but but you got to get you got to know which program to go. I mean, there's universities and nonprofits that have all these entrepreneurship boot camps for veterans and and their families too. You know, spouses spouses are eligible. And then every once in a while, it's good to know uh, how to you know how to call a patent attorney or get some legal advice uh, as you enter into the business world also. And so I feature some of those folks on the podcast also. Your your description of your show and sort of the the attitude of the guests you have on remind me of a uh something I read in Tim Ferriss's book, uh The Four Hour Work Week, which I'm sure many entrepreneurs are familiar yeah, with. I love that book. Uh yeah, I'm actually cur- I'm currently rereading it because I think it's really gr- I think it's always good to go back to the material that helped you set you on your way and that was the book that did it for me. Um and he talks about how the opposite of happiness is not sa- sadness, but in fact boredom. Um and that it's important to uh you know to just you know, if you find yourself being bored, that's when you're going to realize that you're not happy. And I think that um, avoidance of boredom is something that entrepreneurs inherently do. Um, how does that How does that idea resonate with you and the message of your program? I, I tell you, Tim, um, one of the toughest things that I've encountered in this whole entrepreneurial venture I got going here is especially coming out of the military for, for after so long. I mean, we all want to get out of the military so we can do our own thing. We don't have to listen to you know people telling us what to do all day long, right? But when you get out and all of a sudden you don't have someone telling you what to do every day, the guy telling you what to do is the one looking you in the mirror. And if you're not careful, you can flounder really quick. And all of a sudden, you you have no direction. You have no idea what it is you're supposed to be doing. And if you completely rely on yourself and yourself only to figure out where you're going, then it's likely you may not ever get there. So what I'm getting at is you get out of the military, you you, you take for granted. Matter of fact, we the, the thing we loathe the most was the massive amount of structure and everything being dictated for us. I mean, even if you were the boss, even if you were the CEO you still had a boss and so the and a training plan and you had people around you all the time driving that machine every single day when you get out whether you go go be an entrepreneur whether you go off to college whether you go into the private sector you're really going to struggle with finding your true north and staying on course and the way what you really have to do is you got to get involved in get involved in your local community I mean, whether it's you know whether it's the rotary club or or any other kind of civic organization or getting involved with a mastermind or listening to veteran oriented focus uh podcast not to sound you know too cliche there but you you've really got to go seek out knowledge and seek out guidance from other people around you and recreate your little safe zone of trusted agents around you as you get out of the military if you don't you will become a lost, a lost soul out there in a vast ocean and never find your way. And I don't know if I'm getting that. I'm gonna get my point across, but you've sure. really got to. You, and if you're not aware that this happens, you can get sucked into it and be way on down the road. But 
and and may never get out of it. Um, back when I was a, a, a very young Marine in the first couple of years, they came out with this study that said the average Marine that retires after a 30-year career only lives 10 years after retirement. Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm like, what? I'm like, wait, 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 you know, and we're talking with our flight surgeon about it and everything else. But as time goes on, the reason for the reason why the reason why that is, is because you've got somebody that's done one thing in a in a structured organization for 30 years and they get out and they had no plan on what they're going to do when they get out. So they, they've lost their sense of purpose. They've lost their sense of direction. And if you have no sense of purpose, then nothing but bad things are going to happen. You're going to become bored and then you're going to become depressed, just like Tim Ferriss said. And then if you don't find, if you don't somehow turn that around, then you will go in a direction that you don't want to go. You, you see, when you're in the entrepreneurial space, I think it's, um, I think every entrepreneur gets fixated on one aspect of business, and that is something that they actually waste time being fixated on. Um, and, and my and a, my example is for me, it's productivity. I am the guy that's wasting time trying to find better ways to be productive. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have you have guys that are wasting time trying to network more when they already have an effective network, and you have the guys that are trying to um, create more and more business opportunities when they need to focus on the one that's actually already working. Like we all know, uh, I know one guy, uh, Jeff Stevens. He's admitted to this uh, publicly. He just he'll buy a domain as soon as he has an idea for something. You know, like he'll have an idea for uh, a business or an outlet or something, and he'll go and buy the domain, and it may never come to fruition. Um, do you find yourself uh, fitting any of those roles, or one that you can identify in your own, where you uh, you just find yourself sort of stuck in one, like fixated on one aspect of a business because you're just you enjoy it so much? <laughs> well, let me put it this way: I think I own about. 40 or 50 domains. <laughs> so was I describing you with that last <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. Um, now, of course, a lot of them are like, yeah, I have the veteran on the move domain and I've got all the variations around veteran on the move also, which I heard a long time ago was a good thing to do. I'm not really sure if, if it is, I, I suppose it keep, if you ever become really huge and popular, it prevents people from moving in on your space. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been in the shower before and, uh, you know, jumped out of the shower and written down a domain name. That's a great idea and grabbed the domain name and never done anything with it since then. Right. So, um, at least, at least you jumped out of the shower to write it down because I'm the guy who's like, oh, that's a great idea. I'll definitely remember that in five minutes when I get out of the shower and then, <laughs> And then the day later, be like, oh, I remember being inspired in the shower yesterday. What was that about? <laughs> On the domain thing, I think that it is – I think that you have to look at the domain that you have and wonder how could anybody really compete with this. And I think that the the examples of where if someone's an organization and they get the .org, I think it's very important to get the .com if it's available because – People won't think, oh, that's an organization, their domain is .org. They'll just do nameoforganization.com to see what pops up. And if it's not redirecting to the .org, they may be confused. They may not try again. Um, you know, and I think that that is – or if you have a 
Um, if you have a .co uh, domain, if the .com becomes available or is available, it's good to buy that up. Um, but I think that if you, <laughs> I think that if you have a if you have a solid .com. Um, making sure that you have the dot guru address probably isn't, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's moving into your space with the, yeah. the dot guru, um, or even the, like the dot us and stuff. But, you know, I, ha- I've heard the same exact advice, you know, once you have a name buy the other variations of it. But I think as a user, you realize really, I mean, someone could have cnn.org. I would never go to that website because I know it's cnn.com. Um, you know, it's true. No one can invade that space by just using a different domain. Um, but for like one of my favorite organizations, Team Rubicon, um, they ha they are an organization. Their main domain is dot dot com because I've even caught myself going to their website using dot com and it redirects uh, to the dot org. So I think that's where right. you should get into buy the other domain variations to. Uh, to make the user experience easier and to protect yourself. And I think it's it's fair to say that the domain name or the company name in the end really isn't going to necessarily make or break you. Um, you can get really hung up on, on names and domain names and all that and, and let it get in your way of actually starting your business or making progress. So not it's important, but uh, it's not necessarily a make or break. And, you know, with, with every word in the dictionary.com already taken up and oftentimes most of some, most of our most popular phrases.com taken up already. Some, some folks have gotten creative with going to those other not so popular domain names. You know, they, they work the yeah. dot so or whatever into the name. They work the, the, uh, the dot whatever into the name of their company somehow it works out kind of, Good. So people are getting definitely creative with it because it's getting saturated. Yeah, and then it, all it all it takes is for um, yeah. I've even seen companies like uh, like Schedule Once where they have domain names that are shorter that are a um, so like there's this meetme.so is the domain that people use on the user side, but like the information side is ScheduleOnce.com. And so they've used they've been really smart on. You know, we have this. We have a longer domain name that's easier to get to and everything, and then we have the shorter domain. It's a little more complicated with the the unorthodox .so, but on the user side, it makes things easier. So um, I think that companies are being becoming really smart with it. As a as a veteran podcast host, um, I have to ask: Are you are you are you finding guests that are still new to podcasting? I've always, I've wonder, I'm wondering this now. Um, and cause I think most entrepreneurs that are being pinged for, uh, for guest spots are probably a little, are more used to podcasting. I remember two, three years ago, I'd still get people in any, on any of my shows say, Oh, this is my very first podcast. Now I, d- I can't remember the last time anybody ever told me that. Um, are you still, are you groundbreaking people into the world of podcasting by having them on your show? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I get a lot of the, uh, the folks, I get some people that ping me and say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm all about. I'd love to be on your show. And I put people like that on my show, of course, because they are, they tend to be very well versed and really good at interviewing and they got a good microphone, which is hard to find sometimes. And, uh, 
but they're, you know, they've got an agenda. They're promoting their new book or they're promoting their service or whatever. And I don't have a problem with having folks on my show that are doing that kind of thing as long as ultimately it could benefit the listeners to the show, you know, whatever their pitch in or whatever their, their product or service is. If, it, if I see it as a, a value to the folks listening to my show, then I don't have a problem having them on. And yeah, I've never had an issue with that. But back before I started this podcast, I had people tell me, you know, I tell them what I was going to do and tell them, you know, how it's going to be interview based. And I was going to basically get people to come on and talk about their business. And, and I had a lot of people say, well, where are you going to find all these people? How are you going to find that many people? And I, I always chuckle because that was never a concern of mine because long, you know, leading up to this podcast, I would come across so many great, you know, veteran types that were running their own businesses. And I was always fascinated talking about how their business operates and how they make money and the mechanics and how they got started. It was always such an easy thing for me to talk to people about. And I always found listening to their stories fascinating. And so after a while, I started writing names and phone numbers and email addresses down. And I got back to some people like two years after I'd initially talked to them and said, hey, I finally got my podcast going. Let's do an interview. So the idea of not being able to find people for the show was never a problem. And even to this day, it still isn't a problem. I get referrals from people that have already been on the show. Um, I, I'm kind of expanding. I, I'm, I'm actually getting a lot of uh, military spouses um, and, and female veterans on the show uh, in the last six, eight months. Um, you know, the, the military, the, the mommy bloggers and the military spouses and there's military spouse podcasts and stuff like that. That's a whole nother realm of, of stuff that's out there that, yeah. that uh, I find fascinating. I mean, there's uh, military wives that have started huge companies and uh, um, sold out, sold out, sold the website and the whole business, you know, sold out for a lot of money. And then they hire them back to, as a consultant to rent. They just... The, the the stories are almost endless, and on Veteran the Move, you will find some of those people you see on other people's podcasts, but you'll also find people that have never been on a podcast before, and it's almost uh, getting to the point where having somebody on, on my podcast that's never been on a podcast before is kind of a unique offering that you won't find on some of these other podcasts, because some, you know... Let's face it, one of the main things you want to try to do as a podcaster is build your audience. And one of the best ways to build your audience is to get people on your podcast that have a huge following to draw more attention to your podcast, right? Well, in order to uh, in order to have a huge following, they've already had to have been really popular and been out there on the podcast network and everywhere else. So getting folks like that on is good in one way is to help build your audience. But a lot of times I, st- I still remember when I was listening to, you know, I listened to Tim Ferriss and Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas and uh, Chris Ducker, all these other podcasts. And uh, I still remember the first time it happened, I was listening to one guy's podcast and he was interviewing this other guy from his podcast. And then I listened and I'm like, wait a minute, holy cow, they're all interviewing each other. I understand what they're doing now. It's almost like I discovered the secret formula yeah. to what they were doing, whatever. But so, yeah, I have a mix of real popular people, um, you know, that have followings that are out on the podcast circuit. And then I also have people that have, I still interview people that have never even heard of a podcast, believe it or not. 
Yeah, that's um. I mean, it's been a long time since I've heard anybody uh, have anybody tell me that they haven't heard they haven't heard of a podcast. I've heard people tell me that they've never listened to a podcast, but uh, it's definitely been a little while since someone admitted that they don't even know what a podcast is. Yeah, I think uh, I think the amount of people that have listened to podcasts are twenty percent, or only twenty percent listen to podcasts or have listened to one, and about fifty percent of the population at least knows what one is. Yeah, have you? So, um, I like your point that you're listening to these podcasts and you're like realizing they're they're sort of all on each other's shows and um and they definitely help each other out at times of promotions and stuff like that. If you really if you really pay attention to someone like James Altucher or Tim Ferriss on their podcast, you will see the link between one one guest and a guest two or three episodes later. Um, like he he once had um. B.J. Novak, one of the writers and actors from The Office on the show, and then a few weeks later he has Rain Wilson, who played Dwight Schrute on The Office, and it, and it's easy. Like I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew Rain Wilson before that. I think he ha- He just capitalized on that connection right away and gave them an opportunity for uh, for for promotion. And it's it's nice to be able to see um, that podcasters and any sort of content creators at the high level still have to go through some traditional processes in order to get the certain to get the interviews to get the access stuff like that oh yeah and i think really that's all about networking um once you network your way into that's that's the 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 probably the best unintended consequence of being the host of a podcast is i've been able to network with my way into and meet some of the most phenomenal people that I never would have met had I not been interviewing them on my podcast. And once you've interviewed somebody on your podcast, you have access to them and, and, and their network also. And at times that has paid huge dividends to me. And and that was one of the things I never, I never thought about or uh, realized that was going to happen when I went down, started down, going down this podcast road was all of the, all the truly great, uh, phenomenal people that have been on my show are now people that are within my network. You know, I can drop an email to any of them and I get an immediate response from them. And that goes with most of my, some of my best podcast interviews come from people that I've already interviewed. They're like, Oh, I know the, I know so-and-so you got to interview him cause he's got a phenomenal story. And that's what ends up happening. So, Joe, tell us about a challenge that you're facing right now, uh, either personally or professionally, and what are you doing to better overcome that challenge? The biggest challenge for me is you know, I'm still working f- uh, full-time. I'm a, I'm a full-time airline pilot, which gives me a lot of flexibility with my schedule and allows me to run, run my podcast um, in and around that. But the biggest challenge with me is, uh, you know, for the most part, I'm still a one-man show uh, with this podcast, and there's a lot of things that could be done a lot better, and I could grow the podcast a lot more if I had help, um, because you can't do it all yourself. I mean, there's just no way, and oftentimes I find myself spending way too much time doing simple little menial tasks that somebody else probably ought to be doing. But in the beginning, 
you know, I dumped a lot of money into it and I, I was throwing money at this and that and I really know what I was doing. And I kind of pulled everything back and said, hold on, I'm going to, I'll make sure I do this right. And then eventually I need to bring more people in, whether it be virtual assistants or you know, interns or something like that, uh, to start doing a lot of these other tasks and things that are associated with it. And, but in order to be able to do that successfully, in order, to, you can't hire a virtual assistant unless you can tell them exactly what you want them to do. You can't hire a virtual assistant to say, I've got a problem. Can you fix it for me? That won't happen. You hire a virtual assistant to say, I need this repetitive task done exactly this way over and over and over and over. And then you hand it to them and that's what they do. That's how you hire a virtual assistant. Um, so Tim, you're, you're a Marine yourself. Remember how you're always supposed to have a turnover binder uh, sure. in, in your job? How many times did you actually have a great turnover binder? Well, when I was a Marine security guard, it was like... Probably like absolutely mandatory required, right? That yeah. and because you were turning over... Well, I was in uh, MSGs were turning over once a year. So you uh, you did one year posts. And so you you would get to your first post and sort of like get to know your job. And then when you hit your second post, you realize how important a good turnover really is. And so as long as you weren't, you know, a shitbag Marine, you took, you took it serious because you didn't want to screw over the guy behind you um, because you knew how important it was to get into a spot and to sort of know what's going on. So um, I, my turnover binders were at least sufficient. They may not have been great, but people were able to take up, t pick up where I left off. But you know what I'm talking about when you say Absolutely. most Marines show up at a job and they might see the you know, some oftentimes the guy who they're replacing is already gone. And then you're like, is there a turnover binder? And there's not one there. So you basically are starting from scratch. And, and why? Sure. And why is that? It's because the guy is so busy and so involved in the day-to-day -day making shit happen that he can't ever take time out of the day to actually put it down on paper and put it into words and describe what he actually does on a day-to-day -day basis. Or every day almost seems so different that how can you actually describe it in a turnover binder to get somebody to explain it to him. So I, I'm, I'm going through that to my point is, Oftentimes, in the midst of, of of keeping this podcast going and and doing all these interviews, and you know, in the beginning, getting it started, I feel um, like every day is a new a new day. Every day is a learning experience. It's almost difficult to explain it to somebody or to be able to put it down on paper to get to the point of actually being able to turn it over to like a VA to to start doing some of the work. So then to rat, to really round off the interview, Joe, we learned about what it means to be a warrior. We learned about your career, your challenges. Now let's hear about that fuel. Let's that, what is that inspiration that's getting you up every day to overcome these challenges and move forward in your career? Well, believe it or not, <laughs> you're going to laugh when I say this. Believe it or not, it's podcasts. I discovered podcasts back around 05, 06 time frame when I had about a 45-minute drive to work. And I started with motivational CDs and stuff, and I'd go through all my CDs in a week, and I'd be left with nothing. I'm like, and then I heard about podcasts from my brother-in-law, and I started downloading podcasts on real estate investing, podcasts on personal development. I mean, you name it. I was listening to all sorts of different kinds of podcasts, and it was like, it was like a complete 180 for me. I mean, I showed up. I would show up to work. Show up to work 
all motivated and energized because I'm listening to these great podcasts that are feeding me good ideas and, you know, great ways to think. And then on the drive home, I look forward to my drive home. Oftentimes when there was, when there was heavier traffic, I found myself saying, all right, cool. I got more time. And but whereas before it was, you know, road rage, trying to get to work, trying to get home as quick as I can. I started listening to podcasts and I didn't care anymore. I just sat back, took it easy, enjoyed the drive because it's, you know, automobile university so believe it or not even to this day the thing i go back to the most when i find myself with lack of direction or i find myself losing some motivation i go back to my motivational podcast that i listen to i go back to my entrepreneurial oriented podcast we've mentioned some of them you know in the show already and then sometimes I even listens to some obscure random weird podcasts you know that this is the day in the age of the niche podcast and there's so much great stuff out there. And if you like one little specific thing, it's very likely you can start a podcast on it or, or find a podcast on it. If there's not one, you probably start one. And uh, so, yeah, it's for me, it's podcasting because um, even, even, even now in my job today, uh, oftentimes I'm in the back of an airplane, you know, sitting in the seat like everybody else commuting from one city to another. Oftentimes I don't have I can't I don't have books with me I can't read books so I'm listening to my podcast when I'm in the air you know sitting yeah. in the back. That's awesome, Joe. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. It's always uh, it's good to catch up. We're following you on Twitter at Veteran on the Move and listening to your podcast at VeteranOnTheMove.com. If anybody if there's a veteran entrepreneur in the audience right now that thinks they're a good fit for your show, um, is there any way other than those two? Uh, that I mentioned that they should get a hold of you. Yeah, if you want to reach out specifically, uh, you can send me an email at joe at veteranonthemove.com. Wonderful. Joe, it's been a real pleasure. All right, Tim. Great talking to you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to lockandloadjava.com using promo code fuel for warriors for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to lawsonentertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.